Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped on Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And I gotta say, Austin, last time we were in this era, we we took a wonderful trip overseas to watch some hugely talented non-male wrestlers do their thing uh and man what a beautiful beautiful thing this this uh cultural diversity in wrestling but you know the whole time i sat there and i had one crucial question on my mind where were all the white people i wasn't sure where you were going with that (laughs) i like to keep you on your toes we're all about surprise here on noobs and knockouts baby all right, just to just to catch everyone else up, <laughs> is that we are continuing. Uh, pe- people who are tuning in for the first time are, are very concerned about what show they've wandered into. This is very no. This is this was a bit, and this, we are I swear, continuing. I promise, I promise this is a bit. I swear to God. <laughs> All right, we are continuing the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament from 2021. Uh, last time we were here, we had Elizabeth back as our guest, and we covered the Japan side of the first round. It was uh, Yuka Sakazaki versus Mei Saruga. Yuka got the win. Vaini versus Emi Sakura. Emi won. Uh, Maki Ito, the great, the cutest in the world, the best. The queen uh, of the simps. Yep. She Her lost to Nami. Fucking rules. Yep. And Aja Kong beat uh, Rina Katakura. Uh, so now we are heading to the American half of the first round. The first match of which we got spoiled on because these didn't air because of the air date order of the first round. I don't even remember. See, I'll be honest. I don't remember um, which one we got spoiled on. Uh, Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Was- oh, Wow. Hmm. I wonder. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. So Wasn't time for for Layla's heel turn push yet. Hmm. So let's break down the American half of the bracket because you know we I mentioned it the first time around, but I didn't break down the American half because you know we didn't need to know about it yet. So the first round of the first match of the tournament is uh, Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, Layla Hirsch is kind of is very short, but she kicks a lot of ass. Layla Hirsch oh, is she's, legit. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's currently she getting legit. a really good push on 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 current Dynamite and Raw. Uh, and I and my roommates are all, I'll I'll be honest, madly in love with this woman. Oh yeah, she is legit. That's huh, a joke because it's her name. She is legit four eleven, and yet she can also suplex some fools. Dude, she is fucking great. I love. I mean, you you know me. I love my my small but powerful wrestlers, and and she's 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 currently ascending real high to, to the top yeah. of the list. And especially, and her being so small, but being so strong is why a lot is why everyone always fan books her into Team Taz. Ah! Get her in Team Taz. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
and she is taking on Thunder Rosa, uh, the legitest of theme songs. Uh, <laughs> You're probably mm-hmm. the Kyle right outside my door right now, um, doing whatever. And I go Thunder Rosa, and you probably go Thunder Rosa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Thunder Rosa build from the graveyards of Tijuana, which is yes. top notch. Uh, she is just kind of a- another ass kicker. I admit her character isn't necessarily like the most complex, but she's awesome. She has the she has like half face paint Day of the Dead style. I her character is just am badass and she's one of those people who can actually get away with the character of just am badass she's absolutely great yeah uh so uh you know when i st- when i put together this arc i wanted to kind of bring on like three different storylines worth consider worth really considering uh right. within the tournament obviously you have the story of the tournament, you know, who's going to win, who's going to face Hikaru Shida mm. and the story of Maki Ito, because that's what we're here. Yes. And then over here on the American side, the story of Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Ooh, because there, if there is any storyline going into the tournament, that's really being built on in the tournament. It's their storyline. So Thunder Rosa, she came into AEW as the NWA women's champion. And it was a big deal at the time. It was very much, I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever explained the forbidden door. So I'm going to explain the forbidden door. The forbidden door comes from a time period when Chris Jericho was doing his New Japan Pro Wrestling Dream Match Tour. He wrestled Kenny Omega over there. He wrestled Kazuchika Okada. He wrestled, he wrestled Tetsuya Naito. He wrestled Evil. Well, okay, that happened. But he also Ooh. wrestled Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was who is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. The guy. And has been for almost two decades. And so he's over there. And when while he's over there, he is also AEW World Champion. And it's important to note that at this point in time, uh, New Japan and AEW weren't really on good terms. Nowadays, they're on as good a terms as you could expect, considering the the pandemic has kind of prevented them from doing a whole lot to get of of collaboration together. But, you know, every once in a while, New Japan wrestlers will pop up on AEW and it's fine. But at, you know, there was a lot of bad blood coming out of the, um, coming out of when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega left a uh, New Japan to start AEW. New Japan didn't yeah. uh, didn't take kindly to that. They felt kind of disrespected, and so AEW and New Japan weren't on good terms. It was pretty much just like we already have pre-existing relationships with Chris Jericho and John Moxley, so we'll keep them around. But the yeah. rest of y'all go fuck yourselves. Yeah. And so with that in mind, when a, when Chris Jericho was AEW champion over there and he went over to Japan, Tanahashi uh, did an interview where he suggested that if he beats Chris Jericho in New Japan, he will open the forbidden door and come to AEW to take the AEW title away from Jericho. 
Oh, shit. And so from that point on, the forbidden door became kind of like a colloquial term for crossover stuff specifically related to AEW. It's it's kind of been co-opted to mean just in general that kind of collaborative stuff between wrestling companies, but it's a but to me it's AEW's term and they're the only ones that get to use it properly. <laughs> oh wait, hold up. If NJPW and AEW were not on good terms at this point, why why was this forbidden door a thing? Like like was it just because they had a relationship with Jericho, or why? Yeah, why did Forbidden Door get dropped it, if 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 they still weren't on great terms? Well, for New Japan, it was it was just about Jericho and Moxley. Those were okay. just two gaijin that they wanted, and Tanahashi wasn't really hinting at anything. He was just trying to build hype for the match. Okay, and he was it wasn't like a hint of a future storyline or anything it was just kind of a throw almost a throwaway line okay to be like i'm gonna take your title but then the the forbidden door is a catchy idea is a catchy name yeah and so they kept it around and so uh the pandemic saw a lot of this forbidden door stuff crop back up uh you know you had Kenny Omega going to Impact Wrestling as the AEW champion and then becoming the Impact champion at the same time. <laughs> uh, as much as that storyline was a bit of a bust overall, Ooh. it was a cool moment. And there's absolutely uh, absolutely all time great moment as he's getting as he's as he's running away with Don Callis to, with the AEW title he stole from John Moxley, and he's like, and Don Callis says, "You'll find out Tuesday." And Marvez goes, but Dynamite's on Wednesday. And Don Callis goes, you'll find out Tuesday on Impact. Oh, shit. Absolutely. A, well, absolutely a, line, a mic drop moment of 2021. Of 2020, excuse me. Was that, does was that line. Okay. Yeah. And then also we've had the NWA. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a lot of positive things to say about the NWA overall. Mm it's i'll have a lot more to say about where the how the nwa got to 2021 next week okay but basically right now the nwa the wwe owns pretty much all of the libla tape library for the nwa but they don't own any of the ip or specifically i mean they don't own the assets they don't own the name they don't own the belt and so now they own the tape library it was a whole big licensing. It was a whole big because the NWA okay, sure. basically because the NWA was basically just a lot of territory loosely affiliated territories. There wasn't like one collective tape library to own rights speak spe in terms oh, of okay, rights. I got you. Uh, there's actually a few territories WWE still doesn't own, but for this for in all intents and purposes, they own the NWA tape library. Okay. Um, but the belt still doesn't belong to them. And so you have the NWA kind of revived by Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins to be kind of an attempt of its own. Kind of, it tries to stand on its own as its own promotion. Like it's not a loosely affiliated group of promotions anymore. It's now just one company called the NWA. Makes sense. And the men's division, I hate it. I think it sucks for the most part. Uh, but the women's division of the NWA kicks ass. And 
in fall of 2020, uh, Thunder Rosa came, uh, appeared on AEW Dynamite as the NWA Women's Champion to challenge oh. Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. Shit. Yeah, they had a they had a pay-per-view match at Full Gear about it. And uh, obviously, Hikaru Shida won. Yeah. And then the um, Thunder Rosa kept ended up defending the NWA Women's Title multiple times on TV, and and then eventually, however, she eventually lost it to Serena Deeb, who we're going to talk about her more in a minute. Hey. So, and that was its own kind of shocking moment because Serena Deeb was contracted full time to AEW when she beat Thunder Rosa. So it yeah. was like, whoa, okay, there's putting the belt on an AEW wrestler straight up. That's crazy. So Thunder Rosa was trying to get the belt back and she lost her rematch because she had interference from Dr. Britt Baker. And so the reason for that is Britt Baker kind of took this attitude of, you know, I'm the face of this division Mm -hmm. and we don't take too kindly to outsiders around here. Yeah. She took offense to Thunder Rosa being a champion in a different place and not being signed to AEW, taking up all this time and attention. And she's like, hey, get out. You're not welcome. Go away. And so for months now, Britt Baker has been a thorn in Thunder Rosa's side. And in fact, I believe they had a match at Beach Break, one of their, you know, one of their named hey. themed Dynamite episodes in 2021. And I be- and I'm pretty sure Britt Baker won. But shit's not over. They're both in the tournament. They could potentially meet each other in the tournament again. Wow. And Thunder Rose, Thunder Rose has made it clear. She has three goals. Win the AEW title. Win back the NWA title. Kick Britt Baker's ass. Ha! Man, I I really I really hope that goes well for her. Yeah, and Rooting so that's that. the first that's the first match Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch. Uh, the second match of the tournament is Serena Deeb versus Riho. Uh, Serena Deeb as uh, the current NWA Women's Champion. And it's interesting because of this because in a year later in the now she's kind of like a heel who is brutal and knows all the wrestling moves and is going to destroy your body piece by piece because she knows all the moves. Uh, and also, fuck you, Hikaru Shida. <laughs> of course, and fuck you, Hikaru Shida. But right now, she is doing the same I know all the moves stuff, but she's a babyface. She's just oh, good guy who know who's a good wrestler. Oh, shit, that's wild. Yeah, and then we have Ariho. Uh, Riho is, uh, you could probably guess she is Japanese, but at the time, but she was looking to move to America. And so she was in America at the time of this bracket. So that's why she's in the American bracket. Nice. It's not, it's not a nationality thing. It is named because of literally where it takes place. Huh? So was she not signed a full-time to AEW at this point? Oh no, she was. She was okay. at this point a full-time AEW wrestler. Uh, All right. Her thing, well, probably the most notable thing about Riho is that she is. Uh, let me see, twenty-four years old, and she yes. has been wrestling for 
16 years. <laughs> oh, I thought it was 15. Damn, I was off by one year. Shit. That's well, wild. Well, it's I looked into it. Is she her birthday is in June and she debuted in May. So oh, she was okay. so for a whole month she was eight years old. She but years the story old. is she started wrestling when she was nine years old. I am proud of myself for actually knowing that though. She won her first championship when she was 11. Damn. She is Which, she's older than me by half a year. That's so fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, so we can go ahead and put her on the board from last time of wrestlers who are younger than Austin that make me feel bad. Oh, man. Yep, that continues to be a thing. Yeah, uh, I will say that the age with which she started is unusual for joshi wrestlers but not like not impossibly uncommon like there's all especially if you look at like true wrestling savants so to speak there are de there are definitely high tier women's wrestlers in japan who started like pre-teens that's so fucking nuts yeah it's just a, it's just culturally accepted that like if you can go you can go brother <laughs> Gotta that's so wild god you know? damn so dope. and so yeah Riho, she is a longtime veteran but she's also so small she and by god tiny girl jr will let you know that she is like 90 pounds <laughs> this sound this sounds like one of those things that jr in like his folksy southern way would just be like now nah, this this is just an interesting thing right here she, this, this girl's only 90 pounds and yet she can throw you around the ring like nobody's business <laughs> My gosh, she's only 90 pounds. <laughs> you just watch that little 90-pound girl. She'll, she'll, she'll kick your ass all the way back to Tennessee. Yeah. So. <laughs> so on brand for JR. You know. So Riho is extremely talented. In, in spite of her size, she is very technically skilled, as many as you'd expect from a high-level Joshi, Joshi wrestler. Which... And makes me extremely happy because she has a she has her own like version of a 619 move and it's like look at all my look at all my small faves doing doing the cool move a and she was the og aew women's champion uh beating nyla rose for the belt and then nyla rose beat her yeah yep wait nyla nyla was champion yeah, the title. Nyla was champion during the episode of AEW that we watched, David, way back oh, in episode shit. five. Shit, I forgot. I know I remember Nyla showing up on that. I didn't I forgot she was champion on that. Fuck. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's she was super champion. Dope. Yeah. She was the second champion. Yeah, right now there's only been four AEW women's champions. Uh, hey, well, there have only been four men's champions. So hey, it works out perfectly. Yeah, woo. All right. So uh the next match is Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti. Uh, so we Ooh. talked about Nyla Rose. Uh, she is big and she is strong. Remember everything we said about Aja Kong last time? Well, it's like that, but all, but not a 30-year veteran. This Nyla is true. Nyla Rose has only been around for like five years or something. I don't know. Yeah, and she, and she already fucking kicks everybody's ass. She does. She's got some of the... She's got a great Twitter game. Uh, I don't think Vicky, I think Vicky Guerrero is her manager at this point. I don't remember. 
I was so happy. Not to go off on a tangent. I was so happy on uh I think it was I think it was Rampage. Um hearing Vicky actually say excuse me. I just kind of figured she wasn't allowed to say it anymore. But she screamed no. excuse me on the most recent Rampage and I near and I nearly died happy. Yeah. So Nyla Rose does have Vicky as her manager. She is the native beast. Native because she is has Native American ancestry. And a beast because she will kick your ass. She is big. She will absolutely destroy you. Yep. And then Ty Conti is uh, relatively new to AEW at this point in time. Uh, but she is Brazilian. And she knows uh, jujitsu. And she will kill you. <laughs> No, oh, this kicks. She will murderize with martial artists. And she does a lot of like there's a lot of like kind of quick switching personality with her. She's very bubbly and and smiley and charming and yay, have, having fun and then she gets in the ring and you die. <laughs> I know. She's so she's so sweet but if one thing remotely takes her off, she she goes off. It's delightful. Yep. So I am very excited. I'm very excited to see Nyla and Ty Conti again. I'm sure it was. It's all. It's going to be awesome. Oh fuck yeah! And then of course the final match of this first round: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Maddie Rin versus Maddie Rinkowski. Uh, Doctor Baker is uh, a dentist, and she will definitely tell you about it. She is, and she'll let you know about it. Damn, I remember, I remember the very first time you told me about Britt Baker, and I was like, what the fuck shtick is this? This is the dumbest shit ever. And like, and I was like, because I, I was getting flashbacks to like, you know, new generation where your your job is your gimmick, and it's really fucking stupid. And I was like, she's going to go I mean, like IRS tier with it and be like, everybody's teeth are bad. But I mean, now she's one of my favorites. The new generation did have a dentist, an evil yeah, dentist. Yeah, Dr. Isaac, totally not Yankum. Yankum. Yep. Uh, but no, Dr. Baker is legitimately a dentist. And she practices for realsies when she's In not Florida, wrestling. Yeah. yeah. One of my um, favorite things I've seen in relation to that is her talking about how Adam Cole's a baby in the dentist chair. And <laughs> yeah, so the doc Dr. Baker was a baby face when she came in and really? people didn't really like it. And so she turned heel and kind of leaned into like basic white mean girl along with being obnoxious dentist and is an and everyone got really behind it. Yeah, she's great. It kind of helped that she was she's the woman in the company who gets the most promo time by far easy um, it's it is its own problem with the aew women's division we talked a little bit about that last time that yes. you know dr baker gets a lot of the time to shine and then yeah not a whole, it's it, and everyone it's, else is like whatever it's slowly getting better i got really excited it is getting better. when yeah. i when i realized that that with um the mixed tag match we technically got two women's matches on aew hell yeah we did baby steps baby steps come on tony we did it <laughs> we got one and a half one and a half women's matches let's go yo 
And so, Maddie Rinkowski, uh, I'll be honest, I don't remember what her gimmick was. She was a replacement, actually. This was supposed to be Anna Jay of the Dark Order. But Anna Jay injured her shoulder. And so she can't compete. And so we get Maddie Rinkowski instead. And I don't remember her. I mean, that, that seems unfairly dismissive. But also, she mainly powed around on AEW Dark at the time, which is one of AEW's YouTube show, weekly YouTube shows. So, like, it was a foregone conclusion how this match was going to go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Damn. But she's talented. I'm sure her and, Br- and Dr. Britt will have a fine match for oh, what sure. it is. But I'm know. sure. I just, I did not, I do not recognize that name. Yeah, no, she's doesn't, she's not, she's, I don't know what she's doing these days. I don't think she's with AEW anymore. Now I'm going to look this up. Hmm. Matt, let's see if I can find Maddie Rinkowski, figure out uh, what is she doing these days. Uh, so that is the first round of the AEW tournament now, uh, the rest of the way through. And so how can you watch along? Uh, you can do so. Uh, there's two ways. Because here is to kind of bring us back to what I talked about last time. Is that AEW is still very strictly doing one women's match a show. And like I've, I've thought about it. And like on one hand, like if you do a literal proportional of, of like men's roster to women's roster in AEW, it kind of checks out that way. But at the same time, like the fact that they refuse to not to ever do like more than one always makes can make it feel like it's like the required, the more the legally obligated women's match. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's really the consistency, but like it is, it's so annoying, and it makes all of these plot lines move at a fucking snail's pace. Yeah, the, I think the other problem is just not enough promos. That's the problem that, with the tournament that is that there's not really any promo segments across this whole tournament. How? I don't like I don't understand like wh- how this is a problem. Like that's so basic. Why would you just refuse to ugh. Uh yep. It's annoying for sure. But <clears throat> point being so, how how are we watching this tournament? It's basically the first two matches that we're going to watch, the first two that I mentioned. They took place on the February 10th and February 17th episodes of AEW Dynamite. How can you, of 2021, how can you watch those episodes? You may ask. Uh, You can do so, as far as I know, the only way you can really do so is through Fight TV. If you have a VPN and pay for AEW Plus, which is $4.99 a month. And that's, uh, if you do that, you can watch AEW live on Fight TV as well. That's how I watch AEW every week. But you can also watch the entire AEW back catalog. Um, you might be able to find highlights of the matches on YouTube. I don't believe the full matches are up there. I've looked. Uh, so for those, you're kind of shit out of luck. It's it's what it is when AEW is too young of a company to really have a streaming service partner the way WWE does. Like they don't yeah. have a lot of value to streaming companies. So you know, there's not just like an easy service that you can get to to watch it. Yep. Uh, but. The second half of the tournament, uh, is, the second half of the first round is on YouTube. Is one of on is one of on is uh, one on one of the YouTube shows. It's I believe listed as show two on Ooh. YouTube. And uh, be warned if you are is that what they did for this YouTube episode is that they 
put the first the rest of the first round from the american side on the on the youtube episode and on the same episode they put two matches the japanese semifinals in the same youtube episode and so we are going to be carefully <laughs> avoiding those on this episode fair enough and of course to be because they're dicks they can't they couldn't just make it put the women's the american women's matches in the front no it's the first match and the fourth match on this i know so Holy that's shit. going to be fun but yes that is uh how for youtube you can watch ty conti and nyla rose and then Britt baker and maddie rinkowski are on youtube as part of the youtube specials nice for this tournament nice. we love free shit yeah baby let's go yeah free wrestling and so then with that in mind uh we will be back to talk to you about the american half of the first round of the aew women's eliminator tournament hell yeah and uh, we are back uh, we have just finished the american half of the first round of the aew women's eliminator tournament yeah uh i mean as last time a relatively short affair but but not lacking for for impressive in-ring work as is yep. to be expected these i mean i have seen i have seen every single woman in this uh on this card fight multiple times and i knew for a fact i think this might be the first thing we've watched where i've seen like every single person before yeah probably <laughs> um yeah so it was cool going in this it was really cool going into this one specifically because i have backgrounds on all on all eight of these women and also like future sight on what will become of them it was it this this is one where i'm like i can do the full analysis thing baby it, it's, totally. it's, it's it's a cool feeling so i'm i'm i'm, I'm feeling happy for sure i mean i guess growing up oh dear uh you know i guess we can we can rank the matches like we did last time if you want Ooh, I mean, that's yeah, a good one it. i don't know how would i rank these um i know how i'd rank let me think let me think let me i think. guess i i all right um I think I have a ranking. Hmm. Okay. I know. I know. I know where I, I know at the bottom where I want to start. Um, at the bottom, I would probably start with um, with with Britt versus Maddie. Um, yeah, sure. I, fair. Not a not a bad. I mean, none of these are bad matches by any means. Do not remotely mm -hmm. get me wrong. I enjoyed all of these matches. Um, and Britt Baker's great. I love her shtick. She's so full of shit, and it's so much fun. And her theme might as well be called a personality because that she's just so like she, that that brutal charisma to her. Um, but at the end of the day, this is as many Britt Baker matches are a match of shenanigans, and that does not for good ranking make a lot of the time. So sorry, about right? That. It's very one sided affair. Not yeah. It, Again, AW self perspective. AW is self aware about this matchup and what you think is going to happen here. So they're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're not going to pretend that this is going to be an even well, back and forth. Are you not entertained? 
basically what she did there. Yeah. All right, what's your number three then? My number three um, would this is tough. Um, I would probably put um, um, Thunder versus Layla at number three again. This so would is I. like I again really good match. It's th- mm-hmm. this is this is this is a a battle of margins here for me. Like I enjoyed all these. It's just little things to rank one above the other for this one. It's, it's just a matter of like, it's just one sided enough that it's Mm -hmm. like, it does create for a little bit of a comp, a little bit less of like a competitive air. You kind of know thunder's going to get the dub, but that being said, and I'll talk on this more when we're actually analyzing it. It's really, it, it was kind of a, um, Still a cool shelf match for Layla because even though she spends a lot of it getting thrown around, this displays a resiliency to her that is just glorious. Um, and on an individual level, I think adds a lot of power to her. Um, sure, so that's that again on a very slim margin of like is a little more one sided. Number three, um, yeah. <sighs> This one, this one, it the, the the final two just come down to personal taste for me. It's it's um it's uh um uh Riho and Serena at number two and Ty and Nyla versus number one. I'm, Pretty much, I'm flip flop. I'm I'm switching those two. Mine. The 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 thing for me, like they're both really great matches in their own way, and they're like neck and neck for me. It's like mm-hmm. for me, it's like I something there there was a je ne sais quoi about ty versus nyla i connect a little more with maybe it's because i have more connection to characters maybe it's because mm-hmm. i like watching those personalities really because because like the the, th- the thing for me is like is um serena versus riho was a phenomenal technical match mm-hmm. and i have a lot to say about it and a lot to say about the storytelling too that i think is awesome. um and ty versus nyla is a little less like kind of technical um and maybe the work rate is like slightly down, but I think it's, I, I think what beats it out for me slightly is it's kind of got this cool balance between a fight of physical prowess versus a fight of personality. Um, so that added a little bit to me of, of it was not just them physically clashing and kind of uh, matching their strengths against each other, but uh, Ty versus Nyla, both of these very strong personalities and they bounced off each other in a really fun way in this match. And that added just an, uh, a little bit more entertainment value for me personally these are all mm-hmm. very close calls yeah. i really have a size none of these are bad matches and i love them all but that's generally yeah. how i would like rank them i barely stacked on i'm i'm the filthy work rate mark who also thinks longer match equals better match i mean uh, I, i'm so... also a work rate mark a lot of the time it's just if you can also add another dimension it can sometimes add that out for me yeah, I mean it's close. It's definitely close. Very almost one A one B more than one two, for me. But I do. I will have to give the favor to the absolute technical prowess of Serena Deeb and Riho for me. Edge that out. Um, I I thought Ty Conti and Nyla Rose like to nitpick it. I was like, 
I would have liked Ty to like get on the offense a little bit quicker than she did. Sure. That might have been the the deciding factor on my point. Yeah, but fair. overall, really uh, four solid matches uh, for this tournament. As I expected, uh, the in-ring oh, yeah. work of this tournament is great. And it's I'm... just the surrounding stuff that's a problem. Yeah, no. Uh, again, I I wish we could get more promo time from all of them. I love mm-hmm. I love watching all of these people cut promos. I mean, God bless Serena Deeb's been getting uh, more promo time recently, especially when she was going up against Akaru and and oh, and honestly, kind of two different characters versus uh, then versus now. But I love Serena as the very scary uh, technical wrestler. So that was great. Yeah. I, I I love I love uh, if we, we want to talk about great if we're gonna talk about promo lines for Serena Deeb I'm still not over I they call me the professor because I I got a PhD in this shit yeah yeah I know that was so fucking good so the the best uh, I love I love Nyla's promo work just because she is big scary monster um, I love Thunder's promo work just because so she's just she's just fucking angry and pumped up all the time and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Ty's great personality. I mean, Britt Baker is the the women's division equivalent of Punk in a lot of ways. Obviously, she's great, and she does get a lot of promo time. Uh, Rio, I have no idea what Rio's voice sounds like. I would be very interested. Me neither. And, and, Who needs and, and it? I, and, I, gets... and I have I have things to say about her character, and I really, 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 really can see it play out more in promos. Okay, sure. Um and then, so let's just go ahead and get kicked in because if we're talking about promos, that's a good place to start because mm. the first match of the of the of the group, Layla versus versus Thunder Rosa, has the only promo of the group. Yes, yeah, it's Thunder sitting in what looks like a cafe. Like it looks like they recorded in like a like Panera booth or something. They they filmed it somewhere in Daly's place. Fair enough. I don't know if they have a yeah, fucking Panera in Daly's place. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Uh, so she just kind of reiterates the points that I made in the front half. She's like, she got three goals. She's going to win back the AEW. She's going to win the AEW title, going to win back the NWA title. And she's coming for Dr. Britt Baker. But she doesn't just, she, she doesn't just say that is the great thing about Thunder Rosa. She adds, she adds this, like this, this, this extra personality of, she looks so like, determined and it, like i said it's kind of angry and at the end of it she like hisses she's she's yep. just fucking wilding out i love i love she is ready her. to go yeah she 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 kind of seems like she's going for this constant like intimidation tech uh tactic and it's kind of great it's a little it's a little goofy sure but i mean what wrestler isn't most of the time i i i i don't know i just appreciate how her bombast so much yep so yeah, legit um, Layla Hirsch and uh, Thunder Rosa, one on one. Legitimate uh, oh, Hobbit Layla Hirsch. That's literally what I it, like it, when I when I get like overhead shots that feature Layla Hirsch mm-hmm. and like you see her sizing compare. It literally just looks like a shot from LOTR of like <laughs> fucking Bilbo standing up against Gandalf. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Or Frodo, and, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know, I don't. I don't 
Do you? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. To be fair, I don't. My roommates last like like uh, at the beginning of the month were watching through like all three fucking extended editions. So I watched through a decent oh, amount of Lord. it with them, and I'm like, this is this is a lot. And uh, I kind of see why people compare me to Pippin a lot. At least when back when I had like really really like curly hair. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so match overall, solid stuff. A lot of uh, nice technical work from both yeah. both women. Like I mentioned, Layla's getting thrown around a lot, but they, they're doing this really great thing with her of showing her resiliency. She There is a lot of moves where, like, because, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're used to WWE, the prevailing wisdom is right. You are small. You get beat down easier. You get hit with the right combo of things. One, two, three, you're done. But Layla doesn't submit to that. And I mean, obviously, all the women in this tournament have about equal levels of resilience. But I think my brain was registering it because it expects this writing of, like, you're small, you get taken down, bye-bye. But she just kept getting back up and back up, back up. And it really registered. Mm -hmm. And I think... Like even if it was if it was a somewhat one sided match, it it did something to kind of put Layla Hirsch in the back of your mind of now might not be her time, but it's coming because she showed she shows yeah. a lot of versatility too. Uh, I think, and I I do think this feels like a bit of a a, a coming out match. Let's call it like that. It's a coming mm. for Layla Hirsch, especially in the context of like within her AEW career. This is still very early on. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't been on Dynamite very often before this match with Thunder Rosa. So this was kind of her first big opportunity with an AEW. Yes. And like, yeah, she's like kicking. She does. She does really well. She has a lot of resiliency. She gets to show off her power game. Like, as I told David, it kind of like blows my mind a little bit. Imagining like suplexing someone with ease who is like significantly taller than I am. Yeah. But Layla does it. Layla Hirsch is extremely powerful. That's, I don't know how you build up that much power. Like, let alone when you're that size, but just, but just period. For, for like being able to, to, to push things around that are bigger than you at any size. I, the, the, her ability to do that and make it look easy. That's the thing too. She makes a lot of this look fucking easy. I don't know how, but she half the time looks like she is not exuding effort. It's insane. It is. She is so talented, and so it, it's, the it's, match it's kind cool. of it's 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 cool to see too. Sorry the 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 way she makes the stuff she does work. Like there, mm-hmm. it's I I can't bring a lot of specifics to mind at the moment, but there's a lot of like little ways she does her moves that don't look like the traditional way to move your body in a ring. Uh, especially mm-hmm. if she's like kicking someone off from a lateral press or something. The way she kind of pushed Thunder off, um, it looked different. It looked like a little more like she had to finagle this to make it work, but she makes it work. Again, I think mm-hmm. I think for a count match, she proved, she proved herself and then some. And it's no wonder why, you know, now uh, in the year of our Lord 2022, she's starting to get a really cool um defiant uh pushing off on my own pseudo heel push Mm -hmm. definitely and um kind of the finish of the match kind of goes is that is that layla like she she's got thunder rosa 
She's she's like making the move. She's getting it looks like she's gonna get the winning combination. And she goes up for a moonsault off the top mm. rope. And it doesn't work. And as I note to David, this feels like I, I forgot about this kind of this plot point they try to re- push with Layla for a little bit. This kind of notion that like she doesn't need to go off the top rope, and it would be better if she didn't. But she wants to hit that moonsault, man, and then she loses, and then it doesn't work, and she loses. Let's say even her moonsault look. I don't know. Also, I want to shout out this one really funny moment in the match, at least one that I found personally a little amusing. Mm-hmm. Of Thunder Rosa has backed Layla Hirsch into a corner, and she's winding up for a, for for a, for like a cross chop, and someone in the crowd just yells out something something Thunder Rosa, and with like perfect rhythm on beat, Thunder Rosa just right after that is like something something Thunder Rosa smack like it it hits with like this perfect rhythm in time with it Thunder Rosa. <laughs> It was so, it was like, it was like comedic timing almost in the way it hit. I, man, good shit. Yeah, love, I didn't love hear it. With sense of rhythm. Which is sad because this is a limited capacity situation here. I should have been able to hear it, which I'll, I'll go ahead and bring that up. Is that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit last time about how the AEW by this point was doing limited capacity crowds. However, they weren't doing it for every single show uh, to, avo- yeah. to try to avoid, uh, you know, both for this help, it helps with spread, but also, you know, by it helps with this potential problems by having your wrestlers only be there once every two weeks, first of all. But yes. also to not try to burn out the crowd, burn out mm-hmm. your like market because, yeah. the, and they basically did. They ran Jacksonville market into the fucking ground because they did, they ran shows there for a year straight. Yeah. Uh, but. The idea of what they were, uh, what they did is that they would have the show and they would have dynamite and then they would film next week's dynamite uh, right after that, after the crowd left. And so the Layla Hurst Thunder Rosa match took place during one of the dynamites the t- that are taped, they're on tape delay, they're taped afterwards. Yeah. So the only people in the crowd are the wrestlers. Damn. That's uh yeah no it I mean we've we've experienced this before I will say I was I've seen matches of this era and things of this era have felt like more sad when it's just the wrestlers in the audience I actually felt like even when it was just the wrestlers they were keeping up the energy pretty well this time I appreciated it they try by they God really, they try I mean they, they I think in this case they succeed like again I remember seeing like I remember seeing the the um exalted one reveal and just finding it depressing but this i thought like there was an energy i it it felt like they they kept like a pretty good job at, at keeping up with with kind of the energy of the match so good hustle I, on the I, part I, of all I, I, I can kind of see that as being like a you know the the exalted one was literally the very first episode without crowd yeah. without a crowd and by this point they're without crowds for 10 they've been without crowds for 11 months yeah. by the time we that we're doing this tournament so they've kind of figured out the formula so to speak Oof. yeah no it's uh um they, they they yeah this this is toward the back end of like before they before they took off lockdown yeah they stopped they they start touring again in july of 2021 Damn. and they start and they and they have a full capacity crowd 
in May 2021 for double or nothing. So we're we're at the tail end of lockdown era wrestling for AEW. This is this is an AEW that's got the system down. It's got their they know what they're they've got this on lock, which by the way, also that's so fucking insane to me. If you look at what their taping schedule was like on taping days, it was literally tape you tape a dynamite from live from eight to ten you tape another dynamite and both before and after you tape dark and you weren't watching at the time but those episodes of dark could go hour and a half to two hours a week jesus because they were just going for like we're going to get as many wrestlers as we can on these shows so we can pay them to, God, for their damn, appearances. That's so, so wild. It, you're ba- they were basically doing an all night tapings. <laughs> at, now oh, once oh. every two, only every once every two weeks. Okay, but Jesus. fair. But yeah, but, Jesus Christ, it's wild. Mm-hmm. I didn't absolutely realize insane times. Yeah. Damn, but I mean those workers in AEW, man, the fucking dedication. God, I love these people. Holy shit! Yep. Anyway, oh my god. Anyway, uh, back to the match. Layla gets caught by Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa hits uh, her move, her big move. I, I'm, I'm blanking on what she, on what it's called. She hit, but she gets the win. One, two, three, and Thunder Rosa advances. Of course, naturally. Hmm, I, I wonder. I wonder if she's gonna be able to make it to the semifinals and 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 meet with Britt Baker or to the to the finals and meet with Britt Baker. Hmm. hmm. I guess semi well I guess semifinals. But hmm. I wonder No, it would be fine. It's final. It would be if if they meet it's finals. Uh oh, I'll talk, well, to, I'll talk but, about but, it out of the end, but But wouldn't there be a finals finals between American winner and Japanese Well, American winner? finals. Yeah, okay, so, that's what I meant. American finals overall semifinals, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to pan out for hmm, totally mystery. Hmm. Um, so the next match, Serena Deeb versus Riho. Yes. Uh, uh, Serena Deeb with... got her NWA title. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, which... And Riho, this is her first match in AEW in 11 months. Since they, March they bring it up 2020. Her, her, first time, her first match in AEW since March of 2020. I wonder... What I, might have caused that such long of a delay? I guess we'll I never know. I sure wonder why. Yeah, if only they would have said why. I would have. I would have liked to, you know, hear the the reasoning. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I, um, but rest, rest, rust- wrestling never said. I don't think. I don't think wrestling ever really called a pand called it a pandemic out loud. Like, <laughs> like I, you want to talk about the weirdest fucking like thing ever watch the wrestlemania 36 and watch how watch listen to stephanie mcmahon try to say why there's not why they're doing wrestlemania in an empty arena in the performance center without calling it a pandemic yeah like due to due to due to circumstances in the I real world that dude this is so this is like one of the things so wild to me about wrestling is that wrestling is inside is so inside of its own little like pocket universe within our own world that all major companies seem like they've just kind of refused to wholly acknowledge that COVID exists and i have no idea why <laughs> other than like 
something something preserved kayfabe and in kayfabe COVID doesn't exist, maybe? What? It, it exists enough that we don't have any crowds, but, you know, other than that, shh. Why aren't we saying anything? I don't understand why no COVID has to be part of kayfabe the world over. It's interesting. But anyway, uh, Serena Deeb and Riho, they're in front of a crowd. We see that and, you know, props to the crowd shots we see. Most people are wearing masks. Yeah. I definitely saw plenty of episodes of AEW where most crowd shots were not wearing masks. masks. Oh, no. So, you know, good Uh, job, guys. Yeah, this started off strong. Yay. Woo. Uh, so, yes, Serena Deeb and Riho, a technical, really great technical match. I yeah, was, no, despite I 11 agree. months off, uh, Ring Rust does not Riho plague. Nope. Uh, it's it's very leg-based attack, leg-based yeah. offenses in this match very leggy offense yeah like they like they kind of um it kind of goes off from the very start where they're doing a chain wrestling back and forth and serena's got riho in a headlock and riho does a move that excalibur calls out it's pretty normal she like pushes her foot down on the back of serena deeb's knee to try to get her out of the headlock but it's one where that serena has this huge knee brace on Mm -hmm. and so Serena just lets go. And and that's kind of the start of like focusing on the leg. Yeah. Riho saw the that Serena had a, a bad knee and it was all mm. downhill from there. Uh Serena though, she is a she wants an equal opportunity knee injury. You know, oh she, yeah, no, a, she knee, felt a, a knee for a knee, as the old saying goes. A knee for a knee. She, yeah. Tried to destroy Riho's knee. <laughs> from from below, from the soft mm-hmm. side. Oh no. Yeah, it was very painful. The little dragon screw knee knee whip, where you basically oh, just like tw- very quickly twist somebody's knee around is yeah. very painful to watch in real time. I'm like, ah, ugh, please one of don't. The cool, one of the cool things about watching Serena fight. Um, and it's, it's super cool to me because like kind of kind of like last week, but I think for at least for me even more distinctly, each match had a very distinct vibe to it. No two mm. matches felt the same. Each one had its own its own uh, its own feel to it. And for this one, I mean, so Serena is just the technical ability is off the charts. But with her, I've always noticed uh, there's this kind of sense of steady self-assuredness to her. I don't get with a ton of other like, – like a lot of other wrestlers are obviously confident and self-assured, know what they're doing. But Serena adds this kind of steady hand vibe to it where it seems like everything in her head's just premeditated just a little bit more. And she knows she has all of the moves and she can just mm-hmm. pull them out in any combination she wants. Uh, it's it's this very sound mind, meticulous, cold, calculated that makes mm-hmm. her really engaging to watch and also terrifying to imagine as an in-ring component because she seems to just be able to, without skipping a beat, very calmly just just disassemble whatever mm-hmm. you've got going on. Sure, I agree, and and you know I I, I like it a lot to Dean Malenko who she openly kind of compares herself 
to. Mm. You know, we saw Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds in yep. WCW, who was much the same way. He just like knew he knows all the moves, so he's just constantly just on 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 it. Yeah. That yeah, she doesn't she doesn't miss. Like she mm. gets she gets hurt and she gets and she gets thrown down. But when she's up, she just does not miss most of the time. She hits a she hits pretty much everything she means to hit, and it doesn't seem like she has any major upsets in in terms of like her plan, other than just she ends up getting hit herself, and that throws things off. She has to recalculate and see if she can save it. Um, right, right. Yeah, there's there's this there's this steadiness to the way she fights. That's almost that's almost chilling in in how in how calculated it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great, and that makes her a really uh, good and interesting pair for Riho. Because Rio's a character, ever since I was kind of first introduced to her, I've been, I've thought about her because the, the aesthetic does not match the character. Like there's, there's, the, the character is interesting because there's kind of, instead of, it, I say the aesthetic doesn't fully match the character, but it's not just a two layer thing. It's a kind of a three layer thing for me. So aesthetically, she's this, you know, Japanese magical girl. And so you imagine that's going to have, like, the kind of, like, kawaii flamboyancy to it. But it's not quite that. And in Ring, physically, she is very capable and almost uh, almost kind of brutal in what she does. But she mm-hmm. doesn't carry the personality of a brutalist either. I don't entirely know how to describe her personality other than low-key. She's just kind of nonchalant about a lot of the stuff she does. And matches with her, she can get thrown around a lot, uh, but it, it almost reads as if she has some kind of super strength, because she can get thrown around a lot, but then you blink, and all of a sudden she's fucking wrecked her opponent out of nowhere. She's mm-hmm. she she's very quick and very strong when she can hit, and if she hits you, pray for fucking, pray for fucking mercy, because I... I don't. I don't even entirely know how to describe it. I still can't. She's so nonchalant. I can't even still fully get a hold on her. But she. She is. She's kind of like an answer. Uh, a, a, a weird mirror image of what Serena Deep does. Um, but instead of this constant flow, she just has these bursts of destroying you. Um, yep. And if this is if if this is done on purpose, if. if if this is done with her character on purpose, like everything I just laid out is kind of all strung together in a very purposeful manner that I think they've created one of the more terrifying wrestlers on the roster and maybe contemporary history just by having her like that. Mm-hmm. Now she's, she like hits very, she knows she can hit very hard. Like she doesn't yeah. like, and and her critics are quick to like be mad about be big mad about that because she's what? only 98 she's 98 pounds so Fuck they're off. like she shouldn't be doing that shit and i'm like but she's good at it that's she's wrestling thing. since she was she's been wrestling since she was basically nine years old mm-hmm. how can you not expect her to know like the right way to hit for it to be super fucking powerful? Mm-hmm. how can you not expect that in goddamn 16 years she's built up her strength to the point it is now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally and like that's it she that is kind of like her comeback stuff feels very like strong style joshi but mm. on a lighter scale than what they do in joshi 
I well, haven't really that, talked. I haven't really sorry, talked about on. it a lot, but um, is about strong style is a com a popular style in Japan, and it basically means like hard hitting strikes, or what if I just hit you for real? And it's very popular in Japan, both men and women's wrestling. Nice and. Like some of that, and I think some of that can get through comes through with Riho sometimes, but she's also kind of high flight. Well, yeah, she balances it out in an interesting mm -hmm. way too. And again, so you're never quite sure which way she's gonna lean is the thing. Mm -hmm. Again, that nonchalance. She doesn't really telegraph what she's what she's about to do, aside from when she hits like whatever her version of the six one nine is called. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it is she just kind of springs on you. That again makes for a a really terrifying opponent because she has the capability for both, and you can never. She has such a poker face; you can never really read which way she's leaning. So yeah. she just pull out fucking whatever she wanted wants on you in an instant, and if you're not prepared for it, you're done. Yep, uh, I will say is the match did a really good job of taking advantage of of Riho's flexibility. Mm. Uh, because she is very flexible. And so Serena Deeb was happy to use that to do some really cool visual stuff with tech, with the technical wrestling side. Yes. Uh, something that immediately sticks out to me is when she has Riho in like, I don't even know what it called. I don't even know what it's technically called, but she basically has Rio hooked on her back and like on Serena's back. And mm -hmm. so she leans down and has Ser Riho pinned in a roll-up and one two first kick out is Sh Riho gets her right shoulder up and then Serena physically forces her arm back down one two she gets the left shoulder up and Serena physically forces the other the other arm back down one yep. two and then Rio kind of bridges forward so I know the fucking ring girl up. spider crawl thing yeah it was like insane I love, I've seen, I, I saw her do that spot when, I think when she went up against Britt Baker, you know, however many, mm -hmm. however long ago, that shit is nuts. I love the, the, the Riho spider crawl thing. It's so fucking yeah, creepy. No. And it's her amazing. Bridge, Riho knows how to bridge like the best of them. Seriously. Holy shit. Yeah. Her bridge spots rule. Incredible. And the thing is, with pairing these two together, I realized, like, toward the end, this kind of became, like, without shedding a drop of blood, this kind of became a stealth brutality match. Both of them were just, were just knocked out by the end of it. They were, they were visibly sweating. This, this match went the physical hardest out of any of the ones we watched in the night, and it was all the stronger for it. I mean, just, just the way these two had to exert themselves to get, to get each other down. It mm -hmm. shows. It shows these are two extremely powerful women. And honestly, I think that does a really cool job of building up their place in the in the bracket because you know whoever goes up against them next is going to have to contend with that. And it's going to be a huge challenge. Yeah. And so the finishing segment of the match kind of goes that uh, Riho gets her, hits her top rope knee stomp, double stomp to the gut, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the, um, uh, to the stomach and i was like shit <laughs> that yeah. was uh nasty yeah. fuck your whole your ribs. Ribs. uh amazingly serena kicks out of it and then they start a pin sequence bit 
just going back and forth, kind of rolling each other up. And eventually, Re- and ba- eventually Riho gets Serena pinned up. So she basically, it's basically a roll up using her legs is the yeah. best way I can describe it. Like Riho is lying on her belly and she has Serena by the leg with her legs, has her, has her gripped around her chest and Serena is rolled up in a pin position. And Serena is fighting hard to kick out of this. She's squirming the whole way through, but she can't break free. And that's one, two, three. Yeah. And the NWA champion has been beaten and Riho Uh-oh. is moving on. Uh-oh. What's going to happen to the champion? Oh, no. I see. I think I guess they're going to have to have a match for the title. A wink, wink, wink. Our contendership. You know, always a fun time to beat the champion, to get a shot at the champion, though I don't hate it here because it's part of a larger tournament. It's yeah. it's a trope I don't like. It's a trope I don't like when it's just like out of the blue. Like when as an example. Yeah, like as an example of when I don't really like it is that I didn't love using Riho as an example, actually, is I didn't love that she had the match with Britt Baker on like Thanksgiving, I want to say, yeah. with theirs about that time. And she beat Britt Baker. And so she gets a shot at Britt Baker. I don't like, I don't really, I didn't, I've seen worse, especially yeah. with WWE, which is like, they overuse this trope. Uh, yeah but even i i didn't hate it here because they because it, there was like a reason why Riho was getting this match in the first place it was because she got screwed out of a battle royal yeah and so but i still overall hate the idea of like beating the champion in a non-title match to get a title match yeah out of that kind of very old kind of basic idea logic of like well, if you beat the champion, you should just be the champion. Why Why do you have to yeah. beat the champion twice? Yeah, um, But within the context of a tournament, I don't mind it because it's like, it's a, tur- it's a tournament, you know. If, yeah. I'm oh, In those situations, to be fair, I'm... To be fair, for the, not, not to like, not to focus too hard on that. Wasn't that also mm-hmm. like a tag match? And she rolled up Bert in, in the tag match and that's why she was going for it. No, I, I think it was. I think she had a regular singles match with Britt. Uh, if possibly. I don't totally remember the whole bit, but I, all I remember is it did touch on this trope idea of pin the champion to beat to get a shot at the chat at the title. I don't love. I don't really love that trope very much. But within the context, yeah, no, it, of was, like it, the was, it was. It was. It was. Um. It was Britt and Britt and uh Jamie versus versus Ruby and Riho. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like, either way, less egregious for, form of it. Same general point applies, though. Not not the biggest fan of the idea, but within the context of a tournament, I think it's fine because yeah, it's it's a tournament. There's other stakes involved, mm-hmm. and it's kind of incidental almost. It's not. It wasn't designed to be a number one contenders match. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of happened that you forgot to face the champ. Yeah. Well, and the thing the thing is too like. Doing little things like that in a tournament like this, I think, is great because if you're going to throw in all these all these really talented women together and kind of have them all in the spotlight at the same time, and then be forced to drop a whole bunch of of them out, I think it's nice to then have things that are built up within this story that they can then fall back on um, sure. as 
as storylines to then get wrapped up in once they're in, once they're inevitably uh, eliminated. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, then the next match is Nyla Rose and Ty Conti. Yeah, uh, baby. These were these were the these were the next two matches were filmed on YouTube, which means they were taped way after way after midnight, oh, whatever God. day they filmed this shit. And you can tell because there's not even a lot of wrestlers around anymore. No. Not but uh, Nyla Rose and Ty Conti, as much as I nitpicked earlier that I felt like it took too long for Ty Conti to kind of start getting her own offense in for how long the match was. Yeah. Uh, was a really fun, hard hitting affair. Oh yeah. What I, what I knew, what I realized about this matchup uh, a little bit into this is it's cool because it's inherent strength versus mm-hmm. built strength. Cause Nyla obviously is big and she can knock you around like nobody's business just cause I mean, obviously, she's obviously built up. She's obviously built up her own strength, but but she has that physical. She is naturally hit. quite large. Yeah, and and that gives her a that gives her you know that's that that size event. But Ty Conti, I mean, they 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 you know the black belt in judo mean, but it is legit. Like 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 it does. She's show... a black belt, a black belt in judo, a um, blue belt in jujitsu is what they said. Yes, yeah, and so it shows off right that she has. She has this strength that she's built up through a lot of conditioning for uh, th- th- that she can use in ring. And it pretty much matches up to Nyla. It's like David and Goliath, but with a twist, basically. And it's a really what if what if football. what if David had a bigger rock? What if what if David did CrossFit? Um, <laughs> oh God, that that make the story worse. I mean, to be fair, man. Alienate your audience once again. To 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 get biblical for a second, King David was like a total motherfucker. I wouldn't be surprised if like when he was seducing that one chick in the bathtub, he's like, you know, I do CrossFit. Total Chad King total, David. I Chad, Chad King David. Uh you're gonna fuck up your reign and 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 lose your claim to to whatever godly promise you could have gotten. Yes. Rip a Rooney. Yes. The fucking square jaw. From the side <laughs> profile. Yeah. Anyway, back to anyway, the uh, but yeah, no. And, and like I said earlier, it's not just their strength that's that's going di- directly up against each other. It's their two really big personalities. There's this great mm-hmm. spot where they're smacking each other. And again, it's not it's not it's not, you know, the work radius thing in the world, but it's just so it's so fun because in it for just a minute or so, it's these two women meeting in the middle of the ring, and they just almost kind of make a, a gentle women's agreement to just smack each other a little bit, just just for fun, just to kind of see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, it starts. And, it start. It starts with chops, and yeah. then Nyla Rose just slaps. Yeah, Ty Conti. Ty Conti goes. Oh. She she does that little like you motherfucker face and like, all right right back. Yep. Uh that was a lot of fun. Uh also really enjoyed when Ty Conti was getting her comeback sequence. She has Nyla in the corner and she just goes, You're and you can hear her go, You're dead. And she knees <laughs> and then she jumps and knees Nyla in the face. I love them so much. No, it's great. And, yeah, and Ty Ty. Ty, I just really like. I, I already pointed this out, but I just really need to. Ty Conti is a 
fucking animal. Imagine being able to just toss around Nyla Rose like that. Because yeah. she can. She at, can what, at one point, Ty just starts judo tossing Nyla yeah. Rose. And it doesn't even look all that much like Nyla's helping her. It just seems like she's doing a lot of this purely on her restraint. It's fucking nuts. Yep, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, also, as a side thing that's totally, like, inconsequential, I do very much appreciate that that Nyla and Ty have, like, similar hair color and things going on. Like, like both got, like, that brunette base, but a lot of, like, really intense blonde highlights. Mm. And they, they're kind of, like, roots line up the same. I don't know. I just, I appreciated they, that for their all their physical differences, they got matching hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> the little, uh, little things, right? ADHD, bro. Guys, it's, it's fun. They uh, there were several bits where Nyla was like scratched at Ty Conti, and I was like, "This this is why the fake nails thing is unfair, and the re- and someone something needs to be done about this. This is an unfair advantage." But 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 Austin, how can monster if no claw? Mm, I guess. Yeah. She she she, so she a monster. A, she got to have all the kushima. Ching ching. Yeah. Once Ty once Ty gets it going after Nyla throws her around, once Ty gets it going, it gets a there's a, it's a lot more even the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But the the kind of the turning point is that Nyla picks Ty up for a overhead uh, press slam and just chucks her out of the ring and onto the stage, which is the way they have the ring set up, there's a stage into the set in at yeah. level with the ring that is basically like plywood with cart with a little bit of carpet on it. Sidebar, that's just, still so wild to me. Mm-hmm. The daily so place just, just set she, up like that. It's so fucking non-traditional, and it's their base. It's their like base of operations. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. So she just chucks Ty face first. Ty mm-hmm. lands face down onto this plywood stage. And from there, it's like, well, this is bad. Yeah. Nyla then comes out there and hits her with another slam onto the bat onto the stage. She rolls Ty back in, and then Ty gets a big moment where she, Nyla goes for the pin, but she, Ty still kicks out. And yep. then Nyla's like, well, okay, then I guess I'm gonna do this the old-fashioned way. She hits her with the beast bomb, and that gets the pin one, two, three. I I, I do want to point out, I do want to shout out though the turnbuckle spot earlier. Is oh, a, the turnbuckle thing! The that was turnbuckle so spot awesome. was glorious because okay, so here's what happens. So, so Ty throws Nyla into the corner at one point, and Nyla comes comes yoinking back out, and she yoinks off a fucking turnbuckle pad with her. Uh, mm. I don't remember if like Ty pulled her out of the corner or if it was something else, but either way, Ty is out of the um, Ty, Ty is out of the corner, and she or Nyla's out of the corner, and she's got. She's holding on to the turnbuckle bad. Um, and she's like, huh, okay. And so she kind of tossed it to the side and then kind of grabs Ty, hoping to ram her into the, the turnbuckle. But Aubrey, all hail the queen, Aubrey is, is refing the match. And Aubrey steps in front of the turnbuckle and goes, no, 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 not in my oh, house. No, not you're today. not doing this. Nuh-uh. Not, no. So, so... What happens is Nyla's like, okay, fine. She tosses Ty around the center of the ring a little bit. Uh, Aubrey manages to get the turnbuckle pad back. And she's still, like, looking back and forth to, like, try to, try to like, get the thing back on. But also, watch Nyla. She kind of can't. She, she turns back around to try to finagle it. And in the meantime, Ty gets rolled 
up on Nyla, and Aubrey's like the thing. She's kind of like, and then she's eventually like, fuck it. Turns around, sees that that Ty's got the uh, mm-hmm. um, pin, has been holding it for a while. So she tries to count the one, two, but at this point, it's actually like count four or five. And Nyla kicks out, and I love the yeah. fact that Nyla that that Aubrey caught the turnbuckle pad thing didn't let it happen and yet nyla was still able to pull off shenanigans with the turnbuckle in just the most ridiculously indirect way ever it's with with aubrey of all people too it's so fun for 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 reference for our viewers uh aubrey edwards is uh the best referee on AEW. uh she is i would say fight me but no no one would ever dare disagree with that statement she is the best she's the she is the enforcer of the rules she she will not let you get away with shit if she can help it. She is the best. No nonsense. Fuck you. Play it straight, or else, or else. So so yeah. so seeing Nyla almost accidentally pull one over on Aubrey like this is so so funny. Yeah, it kind of works in two ways that I like. It's one the classic the visual pinfall, so to speak, set of a yeah. situation where like someone doesn't get pinned because of ref shenanigans, but yeah. you but you as the viewer understand that in a fair world, Ty just won the match. Yeah. Um uh but also it's a referee distraction spot where the ref doesn't look like an idiot. Yes, uh, some it is something that's too easy to fall into, both in terms of WWE, AEW, anywhere. It's too it's yeah. is too easy. It's not something that I nit like. Some people get really mad about that about refs looking dumb. I very much take the attitude of I watch college football. Uh, the referees <laughs> being dumb is actually the more realistic option. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate an effort to be made where you do a bit where the referee isn't in position, but you don't make them look stupid for not being in position for it. Especially Aubrey was ref, trying like, a, a to do like Aubrey whose who's shtick is that she is really smart and really good at catching. She's her. not an idiot. Yeah. So she doesn't like, she was just trying to do right by what, how, what, how it should work. Cause she, she got a, for the safety of everyone, she's got to get the turnbuckle pad back on. But in doing so, she she accidentally screwed Ty out of the match. Yeah. So referee fuck up, but she doesn't look dumb for doing it. And I, again, I really appreciate it when an effort is made to make referee distractions more clever than that. Like that. yeah, no, it, that, that's probably one of the most clever ref. Um, distraction spots i've ever seen and it wasn't even intentional from the heel it just has so many layers that kind of subverted the usual trope i i thought that spot alone was kind of worth the price of admission to be honest yep. that was that was a brilliant little moment there oh my god i love just when little innovations like that are made to the formula god damn absolutely uh but yes nyla rose gets the win uh she is moving on and then we move on to the final match of the sh- of the show uh Britt baker versus maddie rinkowski yet again we're ending this episode on the worst match of the show yeah uh, and again kind of worst by a thin margin mm-hmm. uh so maddie rinkowski she gets her entrance she is miss reality i forgot that is what her nickname is so i'm like yes. okay uh also shouts out the top he's of gonna the get ticked on hey uh, shouts out to the top of the episode where they do a bit in the trainer's room showing Doc Sampson, I guess, inspecting Anna Jay's hurt shoulder. I don't really do know if he's that? doing anything. So dumb. Like, 
Like, he's just kind of poking it a little bit. We 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 really need to show that Anna Jay is hurt for real TM. So we're gonna do a a spot where she's in a where she's in like a a, a nurse's office set and she's getting examined by Doc Samson, who is like like vaguely touching her shoulder and like poking at it and like examining it with this very like hmm yes I see this is a shoulder look and and Anna's just like barbie doll smiling the whole time it's the fakest shit why did we need this what was this for uh we have to show we have to show don't tell that she's injured david this is just good storytelling this is just good storytelling <laughs> uh, yeah uh, cl clearly uh the the uh classic uh the classic uh uh saying for storytelling of show don't tell why would we yes. tell that Anna Jay is injured when we can just show her shoulder getting poked by a totally legit doctor? Is Dr. Samson <laughs> legit? I don't know. Yeah, he's the AEW trainer. Oh. Head trainer. Why? Guy. Wait, why didn't they just film an actual like examination then? Why did they have to film that dumb fake shit? Mm. Oh my god. It's yeah, ridiculous little spot. We're 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 fixing it out way too much when it was about 10 seconds long, but it just needs to drive home like those random fake looking Anna J shoulder inspection shot. Yes, but cool. anyway, we Maddie Rinkowski makes her entrance and Britt Baker immediately interrupts to start shit canning her. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, before okay. So the wild thing about this match is we go about three minutes of these women fighting. Well, fighting in that Britt Baker's throwing around uh, Maddie, for, Maddie, Maddie yeah. like a rag doll. But we go, we get about three minutes of that before the match even fucking starts. I forgot that the bell hadn't been rung yet until they both got in the ring and someone said, maybe this, I think it was Jared's like, maybe this match can finally get started. And I'm like, wait, wait, oh shit, they didn't ring the bell. Wait, what? Yeah, no, they hadn't both been in the ring yet, so they were not, the match hadn't officially started. Yeah, so so Britt and uh, and Rebel, who of course Rebel got, Rebel's got the support class, got to be there. Uh, she just, got her, she got the rally flag. Yeah, just fucking double, legally double teaming on Maddie because the match actually hasn't started before they can ring the bell. It's mm -hmm. so I'm surprised more people don't use this strategy from a from like a logic sense, but from a storytelling sense, I'm very glad they don't because what yeah, the fair. fuck was that? Yep. Like, so, it works for Brit. It works for Brit. This is her entire character. Her entire character is using her minions to like be unfairly beat up on people so she can like keep artificially holding onto her belt. But yep. what the fuck? Yeah. It so, just got taken to a ridiculous degree. Hey, do you know this woman's on dark? Well, if you couldn't tell, you'll be able to tell uh when we spend three minutes beating her up before the match even officially fucking starts. Yeah. So the the Brit as they mentioned on commentary, Maddie Rinkowski is one of Thunder Rosa's trainees, and that has been a a big thing that Thunder Rosa has contributed since coming to AEW. Is that her? Is that she also runs a wrestling school, and so she's shipping her wrestling trainees to AEW. I know. I love. I love that the. Th Thunder Rosa wrestling dojo is just a fucking factory for jobbers for scary monster heels to squat. It's, <laughs> it just it's keeps the happening. A you think she'd learn by now not to, not to send her poor students just get their asses handed to them by awful heels. Well, how else are they going to learn? 
The, so, the first rule of, of Thunder Rosa Wrestling Dojo is you don't talk about Thunder Rosa Wrestling Dojo. The second rule about Thunder Rosa Wrestling Dojo is that you're going to get your ass kicked in a job or squash. Sorry about it, bitch. Yep, everyone's got to start at the bottom. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. It, uh, yeah. that, that's the theme song that's playing in Thunder Rosa's Academy any day. Anyway. Sure. Sure, sure. And so uh, Britt Baker spends a lot of the match uh, shit-talking Thunder Rosa in between in, in moments where she has in-between ass-kicking moments. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Again, Britt's... The, the, the wild thing about Britt's reign is that uh, as, as AEW champion, and I presume a lot of what's leading up to it in her heel run, is that none of it is particularly clean. She almost always has jamie and or will there to help her win and that should bother me but her character is such that it actually kind of doesn't mm. because it's she she's so she the the way that the way they portray her and the fact that she gets to have like this kind of full care how much she promo cost is she is just this egomaniacal bitch and she's so she's so self-confident and play and 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 plays everything off so well that she wins matches dirty as hell and that does not seem to remotely affect her self-perception and and her and her belief in her ability as like the champion and her and how much she deserves it it feels like she just kind of has this sense of i deserve this this title and anything I do to retain it, even if it's dirty, is legit because it belongs to me. Yeah. I'm the best on the, on the roster. This fits really well with her character, and as such, she she is one of the few like wrestlers I can I can really tolerate doing constant shenanigans. And and I will emphasize the constant part of this. But God, I cannot remember the last time Britt Baker had a major match where she didn't have some shit. She's so poisonously charismatic. You can't help, Mm. but you can't help, but kind of be on board with it. Yeah. So she beats Maddie all over the outside of the ring and Maddie just kind of gets shit on while rebel cheers on. And it's hilarious. And rebel is hilarious. And as I mentioned to David, you can never not hear rebel. You can always hear rebel. Goddamn loud. She screams out her shit. Yeah, so eventually Maddie is rolled into the ring, and the match goes a lot of the same way as the outside. Actually, yep, yeah. Maddie <laughs> does get a couple of moments. Yeah, she actually gets to hit Brit. See that, that that's that's the thing that that's the other cool thing about Brit matches is they let her get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is five head. Maybe this is just my own bias because I just love Brit and I love AEW so much, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like more so than any other like crooked wrestler winning things dirty match we've seen in the past. Whenever Britt gets hurt, it's it's this it's this reminder of her of her vulnerability, her fallibility, and this like slight assurance that one day this dirty dirty reign of hers can come to an end. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think with just how constant her shit is, it it makes her like artificially invulnerable and whenever she gets hit it just 
for a little for a moment brings her right back down to like to just like mm-hmm. human level who could get her ass handed to her at any moment uh sure. it's this is this is this i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm speaking out my ass here maybe it's all maybe this is always the case when there are wrestlers like this but i don't know i feel like there's this cool back and forth dichotomy that that is a little unique to how to how her reign has manifested mm-hmm. uh but eventually brit does uh hit um she basically ddt's maddie about thirty-seven thousand times yeah pretty and much the last time Maddie kicks out, and so Britt's like, oh, you know what? Fuck you. And so she puts her glove on, which, uh, by the way, absolutely top-tier touch to have added to her arsenal to, like, put the glove on to do the lockjaw. Like, that, like when she started glove. doing that shit, was that was the greatest thing ever. We stand PPE. Yeah, it's also very in a coat. I'm pretty sure she only started doing that during the during the lockdown era, and it almost felt like a like health a legitimate health precaution. Yeah, when her whole when her finishing move is putting her people putting her hand in people's mouths, but also it adds so much to the get to the to the aesthetic of the dentist doc of the dentist wrestler. It's so good. I love that so much for the spot. Yeah, no it weird for, for me to see the lockjaw without the glove that would feel incomplete the glove just solidifies it i love the glove spot oh my fucking yeah God. so she put she puts the glove on and she straight kicks uh she kicks um maddie straight in the head and then mm. she hits her with the puts it's the lockjaw on and maddie taps real quick yes and, but then after the match she keeps it going. She, she curb stomps Maddie. Maddie curb stomps Maddie. Flies into the mat. Ow! Yeah, and suddenly, uh, Rebel has a marker, and and um, Britt holds Maddie's face up, and Rebel very quickly and very and very impressively basically draws Thunder Rose's half and face paint on maddie's face see i didn't pick up entirely at first on what they were doing i went on a journey with this she drew a line down the center of 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 she's got to make sure that she's got to make sure that maddie has matching halves that's very important yeah (laughs) if i took a meat cleaver down the center of your skull skull. uh, (laughs) oh man keep on alienating finally i got heathers in this podcast it's been 61 episodes i've uh, you've been waiting for this moment man i've got to make all my fucking dumb references and you've just been lying and what hey hey when we get to 2k22 though we can have that heather heather stable right Ah, ah, h yeah i let's back off for it let's let's hold off on that for i'm real proud of i'm real proud of that anyway um um so yeah so she draws a line and i'm like huh I wonder if she is she just gonna like doodle? Is she gonna like draw like uh, uh, what's going on here? And then she starts to like draw a line around her upper lip. I'm like, is she drawing up? She's gonna draw a fucking must on her face. Are we going with this juvenile shit? Okay, but then she keeps going. She circles around the mouth, and I'm like, and then she kind of starts to do something leading up from the lip. I'm like, oh, are we doing some like Joker smile shit? Is this like a play on the dentist thing? And then she starts coloring around the eyes. I'm like, oh, oh, it's thunders, it's thunders face, but oh, and yeah. For how quickly she does it, it's kind of an impressively on-point rendering. Uh, hey, Rebel, 
you, you have you ever considered a career in like artistry, makeup artistry, and anything I'm, like that? I'm pretty sure she does. Where? Why? Mm-hmm. Where? What? Makeup. I'm what? pretty sure makeup is her job. It's her like actual job. Yeah, she is a cosmetologist. For wait, AEW. wait. There, there. So, so Brit. Yeah. IRL besides being Baker. besides being Britt Baker's dumpy assistant, she is also a, a hair and makeup stylist for the women. What? Why is this two members of Britt Baker's stable who daylight with like legitimate careers? What the fuck? That's all. That's the whole stable. We we, we got to find something Jamie for Jamie. Hayes yeah, yeah. Wait, do. what does Jamie do? She's just a wrestler. Oh, damn it. That would have been so cool if they had gone three for three with that. No. But yeah, Rebel yeah, is legitimately so, a makeup artist it, for makeup stylist for AEW. So what the fuck? Okay, well that's super cool. Well, either way, uh Maddie has been made an example of TM. She's coming for you, Thunder Rosa. Yep. They they lift her face up and shove in the camera like this is gonna be you. This is gonna be you, bitch. Just try. I wish you would. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and so that is the end of the first round of the AEW Women's Tournament. Oh my God, I love AEW. Upcoming, coming forward, we have in the semifi in the quarterfinals, I guess semifinals for each individual bracket. Yes. We have Thunder Rosa versus Riho, mm. Nyla Rose versus Doctor Britt Baker, <gasps> Yuka Sakazaki versus Emi Sakura. Oh and god. Aja Kong versus Ryu Mizunami. Oh my god. I am so hyped for Aja Kong versus Ryu Mizunami. It's fucking unreal. Oh yeah, I'm fair. I'm excited to get to see that match again. Uh, but that is that is all for next time that we come back to this era. What is happening on our next episode? Our next episode, the start of a new arc. And an exciting, not just a new arc, but a brand new company for this podcast. As for the first, as we de- we dive back to night to Philadelphia in 1994 for the birth for Eat to Eastern Championship Wrestling. As we watch, as they go extreme. This extreme. is the birth. Of extreme championship wrestling, E C F and W. The effing is very important. They go hard, R baby. Oh yeah, they literally, that's literally a T-shirt they had back in the day. E C. Of course it was. God damn it, Paul. <laughs> Got to make that money. Of course. That is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you here. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. If this, if you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever you use to consume our content. Uh, uh, we, we hope you've had a great time, and thank you joining us week after week if this is your first time joining us welcome we are so delighted to have you join us we here the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you are brand new to this whole wrestling thing or uh, are a seasoned veteran of the wild wacky world of wrestling we hope you've had a great time here and you know feel feel welcome and feels everything feels accessible and all that good shit and we hope you want to continue to come back week after week if you'd like to continue to join us and you're not entirely sure how to do so well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all 
You can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get a notification every single time we drop a brand new episode. Like, comment, add us to your playlist, check out our playlist, uh, all of our arcs and eras and shit that we follow are organized nicely and neatly into their own little playlist so you don't have to jump around a whole lot. It's super great. Uh, and in more recent episodes, hey, you can see our beautiful faces and our awesome little setup as we move around and gesticulate and do a lot of other dumb shit that we would like to think sometimes maybe amounts to a competent psych gag. Uh, but either way, uh, however, if you were a fan of the audio-only experience, of course, you can find us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, three of the best places to find your podcast. This is true. Many people are saying this. Uh, come check us out there. Uh, like us. Rate us. Uh, I know Spotify is the new rating system. Uh, give us that, that, that good old five-star Write a nice little review saying, hey, these guys are pretty cool. Maybe more people should check us out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, that is the audio-only experience, of course. Um, this is just a nice, awesome time. You can find us Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. And, of course, on top of that, we have some places you get more direct contact with us outside of just listening to our beautiful dulcet tones week after week. Number one of course, is our Twitter account. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Noxpod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Noxpod on Twitter. Uh, we post there uh, a decent amount. Uh, we we drop memes. We engage with the, the, the wrestling discourse. We post every single time we drop a brand new episode so that you guys can know what the hell is going on. Uh, and, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Sure. Uh, as usual, every week we have AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS. Uh, I am normally the one who takes care of that, but I am currently indisposed for the next several weeks on uh, Wednesday nights, so that will not fall to me. If David is available, he will probably he will be the one taking the reins on that. Yeah, but that is you. normally what we do every single week. I live tweet that. In addition, we do AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Upcoming on March 6th, we have AEW Revolution, uh, the show that we are the that comes after the one that for the turn. You know, this is a year after huh. this AEW term. You know, this is all shit. This arc is building to Revolution 2021. This is Revolution 2022. Oh, uh, shit. So, so, far, so far, we're a bit too far out to have any real matches or anything to, to uh, advertise for, but that will be available on uh, traditional pay-per-view outlets as well as Bleacher Report and um, some select movie theaters. Then for WWE, technically they have Elimination Chamber coming up, but that's taking place in Saudi Arabia. So guess who's not fucking watching it? They can go uh, instead, fucking tell. Instead, we'll, next up is WrestleMania 38 on April 2nd and 3rd, two-night WrestleMania. In uh, uh, upcoming right now, we already have a couple of matches set because the Royal Rumble just happened. And well, It happened. <laughs> that's all i can say about it uh, that happened we already right. know that roman reigns versus brock lesnar again Yay! for the universal championship and a singles match for the women's championship uh, ronda rousey great versus the champion of her choice okay Yay. moving on it's on Peacock. Fuck. Then, uh, fuck Peacock. 
fuck both of those matches I just said, but when I have something to be excited about for WrestleMania, I'll show more excitement. Uh Uh, Then upcoming for Impact Wrestling is one of their quarterly pay-per-views, Rebellion on April 23rd. Uh, Again, way too far out to have any matches right now, but it will be available on traditional pay-per-view and Fight TV. Uh, So that is what is upcoming uh, for now on Twitter. Delightful. So be sure to check all of that out. We love doing our, our live tweeting. I think it's a really great time. Uh, Austin's awesome on it. He's, it, I mean, he's the, he's the veteran. He, he's really insightful, really funny, really good at kind of getting his pulse on whatever the hell's going on. I, I just kind of shit post and get hype about random shit. Either way, I like to think in our own special ways, we're a good time to spend your time watching wrestling with, even in a digital only format. So of course, come check out. Then of course, there is our Email address if you want to get in direct contact with us, have some more long form communication. Uh, you can find us noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word amp this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, arcs, uh, eras, companies, uh, general wrestling periphery media you want to request. Uh, we just love to, we, we would love to, to get those suggestions and, you know, see, see, see what the people want. Uh, come yell at us for hot takes or tell us how based our opinions are. I don't know. Or just, you know, express to us how much you appreciate hearing our beautiful dulcet tones come out of our vocal boxes week after week after week. It's a great time. Uh, so no matter what, just come say hi, whatever you want to say. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockouts pod at Gmail or new, pardon me, noobs and knocks pod at gmail.com. Um, uh, and, uh, finally you can find us, uh, on Patreon. We are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.